Oh, oh, nope. Uh, wrong number. Okay. Don't call back. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> what are you ice skating right now? What's going on? I'm laying in the bed. Oh, nice. What are you wearing? Uh, my Hartford Willows. My wife threw Pajam- my shirt out. My pajamas. Oh, you? What do you got? A onesie? No, I got a twosie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what's a twosie? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll be in a downy. Did you sell your helmet? No, it's not for sale. What are you talking about? You put it online. Huh? Mm. Your whaler's helmet. You were selling it, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it sold? Mm-mm. So you're not going to sell it? I know you weren't going to. Why would you sell it? What is <laughs> your washing machine done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine does the same thing. I got a I got a Bluetooth thing on it, but I don't know how to use it. Me neither. Yeah, exactly. It's way too smart for me. I haven't gotten that far. No, I told I, well, I was like Kate, we should hook it up to the Bluetooth, and she's she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. She she picked it out. I <laughs> I don't know. I just figured out how my windshield wipers work on my truck. Never mind the Bluetooth on a dryer. What'd you What'd you get a new truck? No. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's oh. He just he just refused to use them. You're like my dad. It goes until like you literally all you see is salt. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's plenty fine. I can see fine. Okay, all right. Are the Bruins on? I don't know. I don't have it. My TV isn't hooked up down in the basement right now. I don't know. I know. Uh, all I know is Char is not going to be playing this year, and I always said that I am going to hate to play against him. Oh, he's playing. No, not on the Bruins. Well, you said he wasn't playing this year. Oh, God. Now you're taking it as... It, it, that's semantics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Who, I thought you... Well, he's playing. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about early early racing. Because it's always interested me. Because I was always younger. And you always were quite the presence, especially at Thompson. I, I didn't know. You know, I knew you were from Stafford, but... Obviously, you always seem to run really good at Thompson, too, and that's predominantly where I would go. Mm-hmm. But that was – you started off in the Dare Stocks, right, or no? Yeah, I started uh, – well, I ran some uh, a couple um, enduro races at Riverside like, when I was, like, th- 13 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, what, 100 cars on the track? Um. Well, first off, they had, like, figure eight was the heat race which i was kind of mad because i wanted to do the circle track yeah but you had to run you had to qual- you know you had to get through the figure eight without getting destroyed to qualify for the, for the race oh that's um, interesting if you don't die doing this then you can make the race right <laughs> so of course like my first ever race when i was 13 like before i like i don't know half hour before that figure eight deal it rained like a motherfucker, like monsooned. Oh, God. So there was like a foot of rain in the middle of the X. So we're bombing through the <laughs> So we're bombing through the middle of the X and water's flying everywhere. I remember the thing stalling because it got all flooded out. What kind of car? A big old boat Chevy Monte Carlo. Beautiful. But it was like no joke. Like it had a roll cage in it. It had a fire uh, fuel cell, 
Like this thing was legit. Yeah, like, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a demolition derby car. Okay. No, it wasn't like shitbox. So right. Um. So I got to the X, you know, and I was with a, a, another guy, another friend of mine, Scott Weeding, who used to help uh, Jimmy Peterson, who used to run late models mm-hmm. at Stafford and Thompson and stuff. He had a car. He was from Stafford, and he elected to just be a pussy and kind of pull up on the top of the track and was like, oh, I got a flat tire, you know. So <laughs> they said, okay, no problem. You can change your flat and run the race. Well, I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to do that. I, I just ran the whole X, so <laughs> – Oh, there's your buddy Char now. They're showing that big beefer. <laughs> Was he forty, like forty-two, forty-three years old? He scored. Oh, he just scored. Well, yeah, but but he's on the whole Tom Brady thing though. No, he didn't score. He's 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 like he's gonna play for a while. He's got an assist right there. He's on the point with a Vetchkin. That's kind of funny. It's all part of the strategy. So, anyway, sorry to get off the chain, but no, keep like, me updated. Are we recording or no? yeah, we're recording. Holy shit, this is crazy. I know, I feel so, I know, it's just crazy, man. I just did the Peloton bike, so I'm relaxed now. Cool. Erica's is just sitting here collecting dust. <laughs> Dude, <sighs> ours did for the whole summertime, and now, like, I dropped, like, 10 pounds, and I'm, 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 com- I, I gotta, I'm getting into racing shape, because I gotta keep up with you and the O3. Yeah, I need to do something, because I'm getting to be looking like, um, what's his face there, James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I thought you were gonna say that's that's good. That's that's yeah. That's not bad. I was gonna say Tanya Harding, but yeah. kind of the same thing, I guess. <laughs> that's so awful. yeah. yeah. So, so so anyway, so we get through the X. Um, you know, no big deal. I don't get T bone. We get through the X, get into the race. You know, and I'm just whatever, like getting used to it and driving the the circle track deal. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, I'm trying to drive it in in the corners deeper and get used to it and so i got into down into turn three one time and got in pretty deep and put a bunch of wheel into it and obviously off of the four off of the corner you got to correct it so like i got all sideways and fishtailed it down straight away i was like oh man that was crazy like i almost spun out you know <laughs> so whatever so i backed it off like two or three laps and then got my balls pumped back up and tried it again and come off a of four and counter steered overcorrected it spun out got t-boned the passenger side and was kind of like just sitting like kind of you know off the the front stretch but like in the infield type thing you know if anybody's been at the mm-hmm. uh riverside before they closed they know how tight it was and how you if you if you broke or whatever you kind of just would pull off into the infield yeah next little dune buggy thing yeah yeah kind of like a seacock type thing but mm-hmm. just flatter so you know i could see my mom was just come down at the fence, make sure I was all right. And I'm just sitting there getting sideswiped and all this stuff. So, um, so that was the deal there was if you, uh, if you couldn't drive your car off the track, then you have to leave it. And obviously this thing, like I said, it was had a roll cage in it. It had like a race car seat in it, like a Butler built seat with a headrest. Wow. Yeah. Like this thing, like it was, it was legit. Like we weren't going to try to get hurt. So mm-hmm. uh, some, somehow, my dad got connected up with, with Ben Dodge there while I was, you know, while the race was going on and progressing. And, uh, at the end of the race, I just remember getting out of the car and, and the guy coming in with the, uh, with the big, uh, bucket or whatever it was, bulldozer or whatever with the forks on it and grabbed the car. And 
was getting ready to, you know, he had to raise it up over the fence, the chain link fence to get it out of the pit gate. And I remember like somebody at the pit gate in the back stretch saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Like you can't take it. And the guy just kept going. So the guy had, the guy had to like jump out of the way or he was going to get run over. And he's like, I'm going to tell Ben Dodge, you're going to lose your job. The guy goes, fuck Ben Dodge, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes out and he puts it on our, my dad was down there with the open trailer. We put on open trailer and, we pulled out up to the top of the hill and strapped it up and away we went and we went home and fixed it and then oh. I ran a couple more races and then you know and then I don't know we just kind of got rid of that and started going to Stafford a little bit more and you know I was buddies with Ryan Pasaco at the time he was at college when I was doing that so when he had come back from college he you know he started racing Stafford so I was going on there and, and helping him and stuff and while well, he was racing bear stocks that was before i was old enough to run so okay i helped him while he was running dare cars and then when i was old enough to drive we bought a dare stock from um uh harvey daggett uh his his son jeff was racing it raced it a couple times and then i got it from them so it was it was the same thing it was a big boat monte carlo but it was a good car you know i had one there and stuff so um you know so i started running that and Away we went. <laughs> That's cool. I thought I saw a picture that you posted. Did you ever run the dare stock at uh, Riverside? Like, obviously, they didn't have a dare stock division there, but did you ever race there besides, like, in a real car, like a race car? Or was no. it? Okay, it was a picture at Stafford then with the guardrail. Okay. Yeah, it was probably Stafford. I think I posted one on there not too long ago. Yeah, and I, I was at, uh, I think Bob Phil had a few pictures up too, I think. But, mm-hmm. but he's got a lot of old late model pictures up there too. I love looking at all the old late model pictures. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like at the time of like when I came into the late models, it was right right where that that process of um you know the older style bodies, which was more like a strictly stock looking type car. Like you can't even really call like the limited late models, but like you could call like the street stocks. You know, at Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what the late models looked like right before I had jumped into them. Um, Stafford, I want to say just had, uh, repaved the track. Like the year that I moved in the late models, 98 was the year I moved in. So right around there was when they repaved the track and they started putting those newer, you know, the new, newer type body styles on it that more looked like, you know, the cup cars back then when you'd watch the Winston cup cars on TV on, you know, on a Sunday. So, um, you know, so I never really got that old style mentality. That drove maybe me nuts. I, maybe I did now that I think of it. No, I don't know. I remember, I remember one year, you know, I struggled for a few years. I was pretty bad. Um, when I jumped into the late models at Stafford, uh, a couple of races, I didn't qualify. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of tried to do it, uh, you know, not like the cheap way, but we tried to do it the, you know, as most affordable way as we could bought a used car and a used motor and stuff so i think that was a little bit of our struggles and then um i got an opportunity to go to a racing school somebody had mentioned to go to the racing school down in at that time it was at saint augustine in florida i think it's moved to new new smyrna now if if the guy even still does it um it was finish line racing school um which was was really really beneficial um okay. it was kind of cool it was jeff malave was there at the time running the modified yeah um brian shoe was there he was racing knn and actually jamie mcmurray was there before he was even in the cup oh wow um, yeah i have a picture of it somewhere downstairs in my stuff um it was pretty it was pretty cool but 
it uh it, you know it just teaches you to be consistent every lap and hit your marks every lap it never it it, it wasn't like a class that would teach you how to pass or you okay. know how to set people up and stuff but it would teach you like to be consistent and hit your marks every lap well that's um, everything when you're trying to tell people what to what the car is doing and what you need to have done right 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 so um i remember coming back from there you know pretty excited and pretty pretty pumped going into yep. i want to say it was 99 and then we had a new car and bob still built a brand new chassis um we had a brand new motor from billy to kid at that point it was hard to get even in in cahoots with uh you know like engine builders at the time right you know you had to know somebody to get you, you know to get a motor from billy or mm -hmm. or so that was cool i mean we had a little bit of a relationship with bob phil and dennis botticello at the time with him and his brother were racing and stuff and um you know kind of moved up that way and then that car when we got the new car that car that i was running the used car that i that i had we had actually bought from uh cliff gomo's dad there bobby g they yeah. call him he used to he used to build cars you know and we had robert palmer driving for him mm -hmm. um so we had bought a car from him so that car kind of sat in the garage at our house for a few years while i had been running stafford and we were like well why don't we put the thing together and uh, and bring it to thompson so that's what we ended up doing we ended up putting that thing together we took the motor to billy and he built like a wicked ripper motor up there oh. they had big smoke <laughs> that must have been so much um, fun when those cars had power like that oh yeah it was insane i remember going up there you know the first race i ran i want to say there was 35 38 cars that started and i remember starting like 28th and finishing 11th and thought that that was like the coolest thing ever that is cool you passed a lot of cars that's that's yeah, where it's at man it was insane you know and oh man those they had those, a ton those, of cars those were the those were the days like mm -hmm. you know, i just remember going there with cliffy you know even yep. if, even even if you go back to the dare stock days um you know I, I don't remember if it was the first year i want to say it was the first year after i ran uh we ran the dares at stafford we took the car up to thompson and uh i got a pretty bad accident i want to say it was in practice oh i don't remember, I don't remember what happened but the thing got tore pretty bad and then when they put it on the wrecker they they did even more damage so um you know i asked cliff's dad bobby g at the time because cliff was in college out in wyoming i said hey is there any way that i could you know maybe just rent out cliff's car or use his car while he's in because he's in school and he said nah just you know bring it up to the shop and we'll fix it i'm like really <laughs> so we brought it up there and, and he he fixed it and he was using his backhoe to pull the frame and oh my god dude oh yeah we put the body all back on it and stuff i mean we we worked all night to get it back out there and i still remember the guy's face when we came back the next day to go through the you know the pin entrance on the back straightaway the guy that opens the gate i remember the look on that guy's face you would have thought he saw 10 heads <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, yeah because yeah, bobby yeah. g so, but for most people that don't know bobby g literally lives two seconds down the track in a garage built into a hill yeah 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 yep i, I think he's moved from there now, right but yeah he had a house garland road or whatever, yeah. and he had a garage he had the garage with the pool that was right next to the garage mm -hmm. i mean that thing was we've we've got some good memories there <laughs> oh man i remember when cliff was running the dare stop i mean the uh the the sportsman at at thompson there and he did not make any friends at all in that 13 car <laughs> he was so much fun to watch though oh my god he caused i know he, we got 
pretty boozed up the night before, and he was racing one race, hung over, and he caused some big wreck. I think Jeff Heselton at the time was running those cars. I remember racing late miles with him. <laughs> he caused like a, I don't know, 12 or 13 car pileup, right? <laughs> so me and his old man, we go run into the trailer, you know, and we're like, all right, where is he? You know, so now now a couple, you know, crew members are coming over and yelling at us and this and that. So we're like, so we end up getting, we get, he had a ladder on the trailer. So we get up on top of the trailer to see if we can see him coming through the pits. Mm -hmm. So we watched him. He come right through the pits and he drove right out, right out the pit gate and drove the car home. Are you kidding me? I'm 100% <laughs> dead serious. He went home and he, he, I don't remember how, like, I don't, this is before cell phones. So I don't know if he paged me or something. I remember him, you know, we had to go to the house and pick him up because he was afraid he was going to get his ass kicked. Yep. So. He just drove the car home. <laughs> oh my God! Which you know, not not a bad ride at all. But that's that's funny. <laughs> no, but he had to go to that. If you if anybody knows that's around that area, when you're going up that hill, the stop you know, you sign, the yeah. track. Well, it's before that. If you when you start going up that hill, if you look to the left, there's a dirt road. Right. That brings you over to like a fishing game club. It's kind of a cut through. That's what he. I'm pretty sure that's what he took. Oh, okay. So it probably get a little rowdy, Rudy, out there knowing oh, him. But oh my god, that's yeah, funny. That's, that's a, back that's in the just, day. Oh yeah, that's that's just one of many memories. I mean, we used to. Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of memories. <laughs> I I tried to talk to my grandfather. It was at it was at the flea market at Thompson that that one of those years, and he was Cliff was selling his his uh, his strictly stock, and I was trying like hell to talk my grandfather into buying that thing you guys were hanging out over there and i'm just like i don't know i don't know how old i was i was probably 15 or 16 and i'm mm -hmm. like please can we just go and buy that that'd be amazing yeah mm -hmm. didn't didn't budge on it but that, I, I remember that that was like the first time i think i ever met you we were all very young yep that's so funny and then oh yeah oh I'm, i just remember so so okay so you you started running thompson and i i just remember running obviously the bright fluorescent you know 25 is that what you originally started running thompson in yeah so when i started there would we basically took my you know like i said the late model that i first started with at stafford we ended up turning that into kind of just like a you know i guess it was a thompson car that was that was before they came out with what i think what they call like the tube chassis cars yeah i want to say i want to say 2001 they came out with a tube chassis car john falcone had the first bfr um tube chassis car and I was still running that car. And then in 2002, we decided to get a car up there. Bob built us a brand new tube chassis car. And we, and we actually won the championship that year. That was the car that was neon yellow. The car that I previously went up there, I'd have to say we probably went there maybe 99, 2000. I'm trying to think because I, I know I ran two years in the Dares. And then we ran 98, I want to say 98, 99. 2000 somewhere around there 99 2000 i would say was when we you know started up there with that car it was a blue, like a blue chassis like um bobby g always had that like teal bluish chassis you know yeah and it had a black body on it with neon the neon colors okay which which the neon colors kind of come from my uncle for you know right. a lot of people that don't know my my uncles were racing dirt up at lebanon valley when i was born mark flurry jeff flurry and Unfortunately, the year I was born, my grandfather had passed away coming home from a race, got in a car accident, passed away. So I never was fortunate enough to meet him. But, um, you know, once he passed, my Uncle Jeff kind of went down the wrong road, okay. kind of stopped racing. And my Uncle Mark kept racing. And 
when I got older, you know, I got involved with it, went up there and, and watched him race, went up there with my grandmother and stuff. And then, you know, early 90s, I want to say 91, 90, 91, 92-ish, they used to have that big race car show. I don't know if you ever went as a kid up at race Rama. They used to have that big. I remember you know, that. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. Yes. It was two, three buildings. I mean, it was uh, unbelievable the amount of cars they had and the people. Yep. I think Alan Kowicki. Awesome. Didn't they have Alan Kowicki's car there one year? I was young. I, think, uh, I thought they had a Rose Hooters car there. They might have. I mean, I mean, it was it was legit. Like, yeah. The year my uncle had his, I mean, he was the to me he was the first one that came out with all that day glow for us and stuff. And the year that he came out with it, he ended up they gave him like a big clock, like a clock that you'd win like at Martinsville. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, like this big huge clock for for like the <laughs> the best appearing car. It was it was wild. Oh my god. He was quite so, the wheel man too, huh? Uh, yeah, he yeah he was good at his in his time. I mean, yep. he won some big races up there. He won the year I was thirteen in nineteen ninety two. He won the Mister Dirt Track USA race, which was seventeen thousand five hundred to win. It was a ninety two lap race. Um, you know, led every lap, started on the pole, which was really cool. Oh my God, that is a long race for him. He won the championship in nineteen eighty seven, which I don't really remember a whole lot of that year. Yeah. Um. There was one year I want to say eighty nine ninety. I'm sure you've probably seen the picture I posted a couple times on Facebook when uh, Kenny Schrader drove one of his cars and had yes. Folgers on the car. Yes. Um. You know, and he never had really much luck at Syracuse. I remember going to Syracuse for a week. That was really cool. Um. You know, that was that was almost like going to Daytona for for the Speed Weeks thing. You know, that the modified guys do in February here coming up. You know, next month, it's yeah. kind of like doing that, but on dirt in October up in Syracuse, you know, I just remember like him practicing and come in after practice and you get the car up on four jack stands and you take the whole body off the car and you wipe everything down with like a five gallon bucket of water and rags, get all the mud off of it, and wipe it down, clean it. And there was one race one day when it rained. So we were out on the track, drying the track. We had like a you know, like at that time, it was like an old style police cruiser was was like a 92 or 93 Crown Victoria boxy, you know, four door mm-hmm. car, like a Lincoln Continental or whatever. And remember we ended up getting black flagged because we were out there <laughs> sideways and stuff. My dad was driving it. And uh, I can remember like two or three weeks after the, after leaving there, you know, you hear this clunking out of the bottom of the car. I was like, what was that? I saw a chunk of mud flying <laughs> off from underneath the car like three weeks later. Yes. <laughs> but they had the, I mean, they had the fairgrounds right there. So they always had like, you know, they had like, um, you know, like, you know, like rides, like kind of like a Six Flag or, you know, like Riverside Park. They had some amusement stuff that we used to go to and stuff. And, I mean, it was just really, really cool week. I remember doing that. And um, There was one year he qualified really good. He had a good, good motor and good car. And I want to say qualified fourth, third or fourth. And he was running third, like. For the first 25, 30 laps, motor blew up, of course. But <laughs> oh, were those th- uh, was that a 358 modified? No, those are all big block. Oh, big that's box stuff. That is awesome. Oh yeah, it was it was sick. I mean, I I still remember. I mean, I haven't been able to get to Lebanon Valley the last few years. Me either. Um, you know, with my racing and stuff, and I'd like to try to go to the Mister Dirt. They had that race used to be on Thursdays, and they moved to Saturdays. We're usually racing the tour race at Oswego that weekend, so. Just didn't seem to work out, but um, I remember going and taking Erica there. You know, when I just first started dating her, I'd go in the infield. You know, first I'd go in the pits and go in the infield to watch the heat races, and 
in the corners, you know, watching them drive down into turn one and stuff. And then I would talk to some of the people that I, you know, just remembered throughout the years. And then I would go up in the stands and watch the features. So I remember just modifieds come out for, you know, heat race number one and I'm down in there and I'm just like on the top, I like the edge of my seat, standing up, yelling and screaming. And she's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, this is sick. Like, look at these guys. Like they're yeah. just barrel ass in the thing down in the corner. You know, one guy's way up on the top throwing dirt off the fence and the right. other guy's like clipping the berm with the left front and you could see him in there sawing on the wheel like crazy. She's like, Oh my God, you're nuts. I'm like, dude, this is just it's insane. It is. It's it when you watch the left front with a down there like that, just bopping up and down, like flapping around, and these guys are wheeling it, man. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like, there's yeah. like there's no radios, no mirrors, no nothing. You know, you watch them in the stands and you watch the guy get a little bit of a run down the back straight underneath them getting into three and they just lift and let them go. Cause they know, okay, they don't see me. I'm not, I don't have the position yet. You know? Yep. Try again next corner. Yeah. Gentlemen's racing. A whole different way of racing. It is way. Di- I know. And you know, what? I noticed that too. You're right. It is. There's definitely a more of a, a, a respect issue, but then again, you're on, you're on dirt too. So I guess you have to be a little careful how you enter too. You really can't, I mean, you can bottom shot, but you really can't uh, do like you do in an SK, I guess at Thompson. Right, right, or Stafford. <laughs> Have you ever raced one of those modifieds? No, so one, so the year that I drove for uh, Buzz Shoe, the two years that I drove for him, uh, second year that I ran for him, he wasn't. Uh, you know, we were we were having a good year, but he was the he was just uh, I don't know. He's getting frustrated with the way that NASCAR was treating him and stuff. I so, remember that, yeah. Yeah, you could kind of tell, like it was getting to the point where it was like one more, you know, one or two more things that would happen. And, and, you know, he was going to change, change his tune. Like he was going to just be done with it. So I want to say after loud and something happened after loud and kind of broke, you know, whatever you call it, the straw broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back type thing there. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to that, he, um, I don't know. He just, we just had an opportunity to, 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 to practice. He, you know, he was, good friends with Al Hankey who owns weed sport and, you know, owns a couple cars at the time. I think Matt Shepard was driving for him. And, um, what's the other guy there is, this was, this was before Max was driving for him. Uh, Phelps. Was that, was yeah. that like the 34 car? Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a fluorescent 34 car out there. It was on white. Valley. Okay. White. Never mind. No, this yeah. Car, okay. they, they they didn't really go to the valley that much. That that uh, I think the car you're talking about is Andy Paquetti, the 34. Okay, it was a 98. It was a white 98. Um, was uh, Jimmy Phelps okay. driving for him, and uh, and Matt Shepard was driving for him at the time. Actually, Max was there practicing too. It was me and Max. I don't know how Buzz got it worked out, but we took. He just called me one day and said, "Hey, can you get up there and try us?" Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, I got like a. I think I got a video on my phone still, like a minute video. And like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like going crazy. I mean, first time I, first or second time I went out there, I was just out there getting used to it. And here comes freaking Matt Shepard flying by me on the top. I'm like, scared the <laughs> crap out of me. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> Those things must but, be um, insane, dude. Everything. Was. I, I started getting going. And I remember I went to like, I wasn't even like maybe three quarters throttle on the street when I'm like, Oh my God. Like I can't even imagine this thing floored. Oh my God. Like how much power I had. Yeah. It was sick, but, um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, unfortunately my, my uncle just passed here, mm. um, you know, last month and, um, 
I know my the Howie commander, the guy that runs Lemon Valley, is um, you know he's fairly close. I mean, my uncle was a lawyer, so my uncle had did some, did some stuff for him, you know, and uh, he had called my cousin Patty and said like, you know, if um, they want to do like a a race in memory of him. You know, so I'm, you know, I was telling her, oh, well, she, you know, just, just, I was just joking, you know, I'm like, oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta work it around my schedule so I can be there, you know, because I'm busy with racing the tour and this and that, you know, and I was just joking, you know, I said, whatever it is, what it is, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't take me serious. You gotta do what you gotta do, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, I'd love to be there. I know, you know, Howie was wanting people to, as many relatives and family members that can be there for that race. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I gotta get a ride for that race if I can be there. I don't want to be there like presenting somebody a trophy. I want to be in that race. You know, so, yeah. um, you know, hopefully I can see when the date's gonna be. And you know, I still have some connections up there and some ties, but I'd probably be pretty hard to uh to put something together for that. But that would be pretty cool. I mean, that time at Weedsport was fun, but I mean, to be able to to watch as as many years as I did and go to the Valley to be able to go out on that track. That would be, I mean, if you look at it, it's almost like a mini Bristol on yep. kind of, you yep. know, it's, it's the straightaways are probably about the same and it's banked. I mean, it's probably not as banked as Bristol, but it's, it's kind of like that. It's got the banking and it's definitely got those straightaways like a Stafford. They, they got some long straightaways there. Yeah. Like you need, you need the big, big steam under the hood there. Yeah, watch the, the world of outlaw like cars that. there. They if they're going oh. good, they barely lift, and it's insane. <laughs> and no, <laughs> I'm like you. You listen to him. We were, you were there probably the same year. The guy flipped. He flipped into the fence on, in qualifying or in, in time trial, and he went, went out of the place. Yeah, I think so. They had the fa- I think it was 09 or something like that, and they had to fix it. But I, still, that was my first dirt experience, and, and even watching the modifieds there, it's just it's just a wild thing. If you did that, it'd be nice to get some practice in there, so you could really give it a good go. Yeah. The practice on dirt is three laps, and then you get into <laughs> another three laps, and then you're in the. I mean, that's how they do it. I don't know how these guys do it. And these, I mean, you look at the shepherds and the freezins and mm-hmm. these guys. I mean, I know they've been doing it for a long time, but they just got raw talent to be able to just all right. You get three laps, and the, and whatever your speed is in that three laps, that puts you in a group. And then you go out and you do another three laps or five laps, and then that like you know that like depending on where you are and that, that lines you up for your heat race. And then you're going to an eight or 10 lap heat race. And then you're going in the main. I'm going to talk to Mashad and see if he wants to do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that sounds so cool. I honest, honestly, the way that NASCAR is now with like showing up and just going, going? yeah, no qualifying, no practice. Like I think the tour should do that. Absolutely. Why draw it out? Why draw it out for half a day or more than half a well, day? Well, especially the way that these guys, like, if you look, like, obviously you look, and, and it's it's nothing to knock these guys. Like, they have the best of everything. Like, mm-hmm. the 51, the 46, the, the 2, which is now the 10. Like, you right. know, these guys are top top five every week, top three every week. Yeah. And there's a reason, obviously. They, they have everything that you need. But, mm-hmm. like, or go, or, like, why don't, why aren't we going back to, like, what they did when I started, like you qualify and then the top, you know, six or nine would redraw. So, Oh yeah. You know, if you get like Doug Kobe or Justin Bonzinger wins the poll and redraw six, like, wouldn't you, wouldn't the fans rather see like that guy come? He's got the best car, obviously. Let, totally. Let's see these Let's see these guys go from sixth or ninth, you know, through the field instead of, okay, start on the pole, leave the first 80 laps, pit, 
all right, they got killer pit crew, obviously, because yep. they got the best of everything. <clears throat> now they smoke you on pit row, and then they lead the rest of the race. It's like, who wants to see that? No, you're absolutely right, and that's kind of what Stafford's turned into with the, the tour races, it seems. Right. So let's like let's you know instead of doing this one tire pit stop to to try to to change the complexion of the race, and now you're giving your crew guys instead of one chance of getting hurt on pit row, you're giving them three chances to get hurt on pit row. Mm-hmm. Like let's go back to like that's like a, just a thing of like they always change it. Like we always, they, it seems like they always, you know, year after year, we got to change something to make it better. It's like, no, sometimes you just, you can stay, you stay the same and it's still good. You know, I remember back in, you know, I always watch this video. It's a VHS from the, uh, I think it was 1990 or 89 at Thompson and the modified tour would time trial for their spot in the heat race. Right. And then, which I, I, you know, that's a lot, that's a, that's a lot of drawing out, but I love the chance they had heat races, but then you watch the video and it's like, well, you just wrecked about 12 cars. <laughs> but I do love, you know, that's how the MRS was doing it. Remember the MRS when they first came out, they were doing heat races, and I thought that was just amazing. Mainly yeah, they, they race still it, do that. The tri track do heat races, and uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, see, exactly. And there's a reason for that, too, just like every a lot of other places do heat races. I mean, I personally, for myself, I'd love to do time trialing every now and then because then it's just you, and you're just trying to lay down a few laps, and, you know, you can kind of just see how the car is. But I don't know. I mean... If you're fast enough, you're going to pass cars no matter what. So, right, and that's I that's... think it would be cool with the heat races, but but even like okay, so take it away so these guys don't go to these tracks and test every week, you know, and uh, and let's just show up to Martinsville and on May eighth and uh, just go. That's going to be wild. You know, just set your car up and go. Yeah, but it... I mean, I guess granted, you got to think about it too. The the cup runs what three or four hundred laps, so you have you know, multiple four or five pit stops to adjust your car where the tour would, you know, 150 laps. You only pit once. I guess you could pit twice. So I guess I can see where they're coming from there, but even, even, I don't know. I just I think they should, you know, sometimes you got to just change it up a little bit. Yeah. Good point about can't the, stay the, the same forever. The cup guys, they have the, the luxury, I guess, of losing 18 spots and figuring it out for the next 300 laps. Right. Right. <laughs> How many laps is so, the Martinsville race? Um, I have to look. I want to say it's 150. That's fair enough. One, yeah, it's either it's a, 150 or 200. I'm pretty sure it's 150. I know there's a couple of races that are 200. Is that the tour's first race in in May? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be. Yep. Oh man, I still can't get over the whole Thompson no, not having April. Him. Not not May. Okay. I'm sorry. What am I saying? It's a, it's April. Okay. It's the third week of April. Usually we start March, but it's April. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I want to say it's the. Actually, it's gonna be pretty early in April because, it, I, right? They're having because there's a race at Thompson. There's a Loudon Invitational race. Yeah, Loudon's first, right? And then the Icebreaker most likely is the week after that. I believe, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Martinsville, and then a week off, and then Stafford. Oh yeah, that's that's Something some like that. I got the calendar on the wall. I'm just being too lazy to get up and look at no, it. No, that's fine. We, hey, we got some time. It's only January. It's it's we're we're already talking racing, so I'm I'm happy. Oh, I hear you. It's only January, but Stan Merch is freaking out that his body's not going to be ready for the month. <laughs> I was talking to Bob Phil a few weeks ago, and he was just like, "Oh, poor Stanley. Woody is just he is going to drive him to an early grave." He always <laughs> says that, and it's like. Uh, he's one to talk. I mean, he's the biggest BSer. <laughs> he's like, such a ball buster too. Yeah, like, yeah, he destroys everybody. It's like oh, you it's... learned it from the best. Right. So what do you expect? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick our car up from him soon. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, he's... yeah, he's a beauty, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's I so love mean it. to Stan. Yeah, okay. Oh, it was I so funny. Because I was talking to Stan because he, he put a uh, – what did he put? He had a rack that he had for sale on uh, Facebook, and I was going to get it. It was, I think it was a modified rack, but yep. I was going to get it because we have no spares, but the ratio was a little off, and then I just, honestly, I just forgot to kind of get back in touch with him. It would be nice to have a spare, but I, I don't know. This thing's been bulletproof. I hit a lot of stuff, and this is the original rack that we've had. That's good. Knock on wood, quick. Knock, knock it. Got it. There you <laughs> go. Particle board count as wood. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Some kind of wood. Uh, some fake wood, real wood, dead wood, whatever. <laughs> you can shrimp gumbo, shrimp scampi, anything out of shrimp. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I thinking? I was thinking of something too. Oh, it just popped into my head. Oh well. So uh, hey, so that's cool. Stan must be happy doing what he's doing, right? Because he's not he's not doing SK stuff anymore. No, I mean he. I don't know. We kind of were. I wouldn't say we were struggling at Thompson. You know, we had a good year. We won the championship you know, yeah. one year. We, we didn't win the uh, race, but, you know, we won the championship. We were consistent. We had, you know, good finishes. And the following year, we won a couple races. And I don't know. We kind of, I don't know, just kind of like anything. It kind of was just kind of getting old. Um, Stale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, basically there, you, it's, it's, it's like anything. I mean, it's a big track. Long straightaways, big bank, and need big horsepower like we were talking about at Lebanon Valley. And, mm-hmm. You know, we had good power. You know, Norm was building the power. It was good power. But when you're going against people that, you know, have 20 or 30 years experience building motors and have dynos and all kinds of different machines, you know, I've got a couple of different cars out there. And, you know, Keith builds his motors, not to say that he's doing anything. No, but he knows what he's uh, doing. Illegal, right? but he, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He has the opportunity to take his motor out every three races and refreshing it if that's what he wants to do to keep, you know, good power under it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're running at that point, you know, Ryan was running there with Alan Caffey. They had really good stuff. And, yep. You know, it was, it was to the point kind of where we were a fourth, fifth, sixth place car. And, you know, we, we struggled some races and stuff, but uh, I don't know. We just felt like we were ready to make a change and, that's where I started with Stan was on um, was on the Tri Track series. So we said, well, let's you know give it a try again. So we kind of I don't even remember how we did when we first did that, but I want to say we were pretty good. We you know we had the motor out and we updated it a little bit so we could you know be a little bit better on the Tri Track series and you know, even had a dyno and they thought it had pretty good power and we started out good with it. You know, we yep. were we ran pretty good. We had, I want to say, not this past year, but nineteen, we we had like really, really good. Like I said, with the with the tri track series, they had heat races, um, and you would draw for your heat race. And a, a lot of it, we'd always say, it's it's all about the draw. Wherever you draw, you know, is the difference between making the race or starting in the back of the race or not making the race. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you started up front and could finish, normally. Um, you know, they would, they would handicap kind of like the top nine or top 10 and, and that, that would be a redraw. So if you finished in the top three of your heat, you knew you were going to be in that redraw. So that's kind of what we were always shooting for. And I, I want to say, you know, out of eight tri-track races that, that year that we ran 19, probably five of those races, we started first or second. <laughs> Oof, no um, shit. we just, yeah, we just had a really good draw, you know, we'd start, you know, in the heat, we'd finish third or second in the heat, and then we'd redraw the pole or second, and we'd start up front. But it just seemed like we couldn't get through the second half of the race. Like, we'd be good till the pit stop, and then 
after the pit stop, we just have a tire take off on us and we'd have too much stagger or we'd make the wrong adjustment or whatever. For, for whatever reason, I feel like we just, the second half of the race is where we were struggling. Um, you know, and then this past year, it was, you know, pretty excited to, to get the ball rolling. And then obviously with the whole pandemic and the COVID stuff, it was kind of, kind of a pain in the butt because you didn't know when we were going to get going and where we were going to get going and when we were going to start. So, you know, we got going and we, we struggled. We, we were, for some reason, we were just, you know, not that good right out, right out of the gate and had to uh, take a provisional the first race, but finished. Okay. I think I finished seventh or something, drove through the field, finished seventh and, um, you know, the next race we went to star and we had a good draw. We were pretty excited. We started on the pole for the heat race and unfortunately the motor tightened up and the motor broke and we didn't get to run the race. We loaded the car and started heading home. And I don't know, we just kind of were thinking on what we were going to do, you know, what, what our next move was. And, um, Steve Greer was a guy that I, that's been a, a backer of mine for a long time. It's been a huge supporter of mine and had a lot of success with him. Mm -hmm. um, I actually started racing with him in 2013. Um, car, I kind of parted ways over the winter with the 99 team that I had been driving for with Bobby Hitchcock and Kelly Iverson and Jimmy Floor and those guys. And we kind of went in a different direction over the winter and I called Steve and let him know, you know, that, I mean, this was late. This was like, this was February very yeah that's, that's very late yeah. yeah oh yeah it was like it was like i was i was on my way to daytona and i told him like listen i'm going to daytona to, to run the 79 car for the hills but we had a fallout out and i'd like to do something i'll you know I'll talk to you when i get back so and at that time he, he was he had been racing the sk light so they pretty much converted an sk light car into a, a full-blown sk modified and you know a matter of two and a half three months to go racing at stafford and, um, you know, we, we struggled a little bit, but we started hitting it off the second half of the year and the last part of the year, the last four races, I think we didn't finish out of the top five. We won two races in a row, finished third, the last race we finished third and fourth, and then we ended up winning the championship. So, um, that was the one championship that I had been trying for years to win at Stafford was an SK championship. I want to say I probably have five or six seconds there. Yeah. In the points. So um, like I said, he's, he's a, he's a great guy. Kind of, he's like a Bob Phil to me, like almost like another father figure and, you know, more to more than just a racing, um, you know, car owner or a racing sponsor. He's also like, to me, like a, a real good friend or a family member, you know, I look at. So that's tough um, to find in racing. That's very tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he, uh, he, uh, he was texting me and asked me what happened. He said he didn't see me, you know, in the, the final results of the race and i told him what happened and he said L listen i got a motor down here you know an 18 degree built motor that was just sitting on the floor in the shop that we that i had billy refreshing and we had only raced a couple races of it at stafford if you want to come get it like come get it and run it and just, <laughs> oh wow i'm like really it's like so at first i'm like like this is going to be a big conversion you know we're going to go we're going to turn an SK, basically an SK style type car into a, um, you know, a full blown modified, full size modified tour car, you know? Yep. And that's involves a lot of different things. You know, you got to put an oil tank in it, run all these oil lines and, 
Um, no, you know, we didn't have an MST box, so you got to put that in there, run all these different wiring and coils. Uh, it was it was a lot. It was it was definitely a project that you would want to do in the winter. And um, wow. yeah, Stan was all all for it, and it was a project that we did in two two and a half weeks. That's a lot of thrashing um, right there. Oh yeah, it was a lot of time and effort, and he worked his butt off to get it ready. And we went to Waterford. I remember we were going to Waterford to practice it. I want to say it was on a Thursday, so I was rushing to get down there after work, and I was sitting in the track, and he was over at Norm's because Norm was going to fire it off for the first time, you know, check the time in, and he had adjusted the valves and made sure everything was okay, and they couldn't get the thing running. I was 10 minutes from the track and basically 45 minutes to, to over, to get over to, uh, to, to norms. But mm-hmm. I said, all right. I said, it was, it was sprinkling at the time. So we ran over there and we figured, found out that one of the wires was crossed because the timing was like 180 degrees off. Oh, that's always fun so, trying to find that. Yep. Oh yeah. It was great. But yep. I mean, it was definitely a blessing in disguise that we did all that because we got it out and we got over to Thompson or, um, Waterford, I mean, and of course it was just me and him. So we were, you know, just thrashing and we just set tire. We didn't even check the stagger. We just set pressures and we checked the sway bar real quick and we went out and the thing was a ripper and that was it. We got like five laps of practice and came in and thing was leaking oil because we had too much oil in the oil tank. (laughs) It was coming out of the breather and stuff. So like I said, it was definitely a, a, a huge, huge, uh, you know, relief to do that. I mean, it stunk that it was only two of us, but right. Um, so we went back to the to drawing board and we brought it back and the, I think the battery was dead. He was, I, re- I remember we, the next day he had a picture of it at his house cause he had to work and he's like, you know, the easiest thing to do is just to work on this thing, uh, at my house instead of bringing it back to the shop. So he had it like, like old school, like he had it on got the air jacks out in his yard (laughs) i love it working on it oh yeah he had a picture of it It was cool i think i remember seeing that yeah i mean and he had like he had a torn apart like he had the side you know the door and the the whole right side of the car off of it cleaning it and you know we had to change we moved some oil lines around and put a battery in it i forgot else what we were doing like we did a lot of stuff to to straighten it out he loves that stuff doesn't he he really does oh yeah he yeah he's like he, he doesn't you know bob might say i bust his balls but i oh I no do, you do uh, it out of love um, i appreciate it immensely what he does and it's all it's a it's all him i mean it is when i say it's him like you know growing up obviously you know no kids you know obviously i had had erica you know she's my girlfriend or you have girlfriends and stuff and yep. she gets it she was racing too you know so we're going to races you know you got no care in the world you know you're going to races you're going to work or whatever's going on you know you got no kids you got none of that stuff so way different you kind of yeah you know, oh yeah you do whatever you want but now you go to the shop you know I, at that point i was racing thompson on a thursday night staffer on a friday night you know a, t- a tour race on a saturday if it was running you know so i'd go from racing Thompson on a Thursday night. My buddy Mike Royce was helping me at the time. We'd, Or if he wasn't around, Erica would follow me. We'd go back to Bobby's Hitchcock's on a Thursday night after Thompson. We'd unload the 99 car, put it in the garage, unload the tire cart, take all the tires off the tire rack, put them in the garage, grab the Stafford tires, oh. put them on the tire rack, put that tire rack back in there, strap that down, put the 52 car, Stafford car, into the trailer, 
Now I got to work the next day. So Erica would follow me to Stafford. I'd unlock the gate, drive the truck and trailer <laughs> into the track, park <laughs> it where I wanted to park it. And she'd give me a ride home. Oh. And I would go to work the next day and then go to Stafford on a Friday night and then race. And either I would either bring the car. I'd either leave mostly most of the time I'd leave the car at the track. And then Saturday she'd bring me back down there and I'd bring him up to Bobby's. But I mean, when wow. you're running two cars, you know, like that, you're at the shop Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. Um, so getting back to Stan, I, you know, now I got three kids, um, you know, I got house to deal with work and picking the kids up from daycare and getting them fed and right. playing with them and taking care of them. I don't have the time to get to the shop. So, you know, and I still, my hours are kind of the same, like I had back when I was, you know, racing all that time to get to the racetrack. So I work five to one thirty or six to two thirty. So I can get out at, you know, one thirty, be over to stands at two and I'll work, you know, I'll go there and work two to five, two to six, um, you know, and then come home and, still have time to eat dinner with the family and, and get them tubbed and to bed. So, um, but still that's only, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I do that every Tuesday, you know, I, I do it as, as much as I can, but um, it is when I, you know, when it's him, it, you know, you, if you watch the video and they show, show him towards the end of that video that we did with, uh, with Sid's vault or whatever, and Sean Foster and those guys, yeah, you see him sitting in the, in the, in the garage, like working on the left front, like that's, that's him. That's him every night. Wow. Um, and like you said, that's kind of like his man town. He loves it. Yep. That's his thing. That's his thing. Yep. Right. So, and it's, it's really cool. And, and he understands, he understands you can't be there all the time too. He's, you know, obviously you got, you, you got a whole family and you got work, everything. It's, he understands that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I try to get over there, you know, when I can. And I, you know, we, we, we work it out when, after a race when he can unload, I'll run over there and help him unload it and get it in there so he can work on it. You know, where, where his shop is, it's, it, unfortunately it's, it's small. It works. It does the job, but it's in a very dangerous area. Like it's right on the road. I mean, when you, you open up the garage door, you're like legit. Like if you drop a wrench, it could be out of the main road. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he was that close. Yeah. So like when I have Weston, we're oh, like, we're a nervous wreck. Yeah. Right? Cause he's running around, he's running out of the garage into the trailer, right. running back, you know, yeah, so. being a kid. Right. Oh yeah. So Erica's like, if you're going to go over there and help him load, like don't like leave the kids in a truck. <laughs> you know? so wow. it's like, yeah. So it, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough deal, but it's, uh, it's cool. You know? And the other thing too is, you know, he'll text out of the blue and, you know, let some of the guys know, you know, like this this past year is like where we really become, I feel like, a force to be reckoned with. Like now that we have more of the pieces to the puzzle that you need to be, you know, consistent and oh, run yeah. up front and, and contend. And, uh, you know, we got crew members now. They don't get over there. Same thing. They're, they're busy with life and stuff and work, and they don't get over there as much as he probably wishes they could and stuff. And I think it's funny because he'll text like he texts tonight, you know, five o'clock or four thirty. Like, oh, I'm at the shop. If you guys want to come over, hang out, and you know, come get a calendar, get a drink, and it's like, okay, Stan, like, thanks for the notice, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, let me just drop everything, but right, right, so buddy, kinda, tell me like at like seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so know? I kind of pick on him with stuff like that, but um, oh yeah, you got a ball bust him. Exactly, but no, he's a, he's a great guy, and he's a, you know, like I said, he's more than just a a car owner to me he's you know a great friend and you know i still 
appreciate everything he's done for me and still grateful for, for him, you know, reaching out to me that one time when he was up at, uh, at Lee at the tri-track race and was like, That's why great. are you here? You know, he's like, why are you racing here? And I'm like, well, <laughs> be honest with you, nobody, I haven't really had any offers and haven't really proven myself a whole lot on the, uh, the big modified series scene at the time, you know, so. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So no, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been, it's been a really, really, really crazy ride. It's been, you know, even to think about, I don't really think of it too much. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's people obviously in any, in anything with any racing, there's people that like you, there's people that hate you. There's people that who but knows, they don't even know why they don't like you. They, they just don't like you. But. They don't, that's the thing. They, all they do is they, they have an opinion. Some people have an opinion and it, it, they don't even know why they have that opinion probably. Right. But then if they ever get the opportunity to meet you, they're yes. like, oh my God, you know? Right. Oh, you're a human so, being. You right. have, you have a family, you work, you, you have a job. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so, it's like. <laughs> so I try to be, like I said, I'm, I think I'm pretty down to earth, pretty humble, like not cocky about my accomplishments and stuff. And, you know, to be able to see that, I, I don't know, I kind of always forget about it until somebody mentions it, but to see that, you know, you're second on the all times win list, um, yep. at Stafford to, to Teddy Christopher is, is pretty an amazing feat. You're only 53, like, 53 more wins, man. You'll tie them. Oh, that's it. That's it, dude. Now, hey, oh. That's attainable. What do you have? 78, 79 right now? What's that? You have like 78 or 79 total yeah, wins Yeah, I there. think it's 78. I think it'd be cool just to get to 100. Never mind to get to 140 or whatever it's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's still doable if you race until like, you know, who knows? You just have to have no. a killer killer season or two. When I was when I first was thinking about it, um, when I when I started getting up there, and this was back when I was racing, you know, late models and uh, SKs, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I can average, you know, 10 races, 10 wins a year, and do that for 10 years, like that's 50 wins. Like I'll smoke, I'll smoke his record. Yeah. Which it sounds crazy, but it could, at that time it was doable. Like I'd win four late model races. And that, that is that when you were racing the 52 SK too? Yeah. I was running the 52 and I was yeah. running the 88 late oh. model for Billy Snow. Yeah, that's right. You would. Yeah. You had it going on, man. Yeah. So I'd win five or six races or four or five races, you know, four or five, uh, late model races. Yeah. And I win four, four or three or four, Okay, so now, so okay, so average eight, you know, so you average seven or eight wins a year, times twelve years, you could be up there, no problem. But then, you know, as the years went on, and you know, family stuff was going on, and oh, kind of changes. Lately, I've kind of pushed it more towards, um, you know, the tour, and you know, I like to travel. That's that's one thing I do like to do. I mean, it's it's been tougher, obviously, lately now with the kids growing and stuff, but I like to go to other tracks and be diverse and be able to show that I can, uh, you know, go to these other tracks and, and, and run good and compete and, and, and win at other places too. So I kind of got off the whole Stafford deal, but I, I feel like knowing, you know, within the next few years, probably within the next, I don't know how many years, but knowing that I'm getting older and, you know, my kids are growing up and I have a daughter that's already 12. And, right. Um, you know, I obviously missed a lot of, uh, of growing up with her that I, that I missed that I don't want to know that I don't want to do with my boys growing up. Mm -hmm. So um, it might get to a point where I might have to go back to Stafford and 
and just run on Fridays and maybe if the Thompson deal is still going, you know, that's a whole other deal there with the late model. We haven't even really talked about you know, with Hartwell and those guys. So that's another whole other situation too. Yeah. It's a good, that's um, a good situation. They're great guys. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, we're getting, we're kind of getting all over the map, but that's all that, right. But that's uh, that's what's all about. Every, everything, you know, every, every accomplishment that I have, it, it was all just being with the right people and, and the right sponsors and the right help. And like I said, I'm very humble, I feel, and I'm very grateful for everything I've had and obviously would never not even be close to where I am now in my life if it wasn't for all the great teams and car owners and sponsors. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. What I've been able to to be with and have. I mean, I'm sure – a driver would be happy to to find one car owner and one major sponsor that I've had throughout the years. And for me to have, you know, multiple car owners and sponsors and teams and it's just, it's been a really, really, really cool, amazing ride. Well, it's, it says a lot about you too. You know, it, it, word spreads quickly, whether you're good or, you know, whether you're a, a prick or you're a good guy to deal with. And clearly uh, you're well liked by, by a lot of people. And that's, that says a lot too. And the talent, of course, too. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's, you know, you, you have rides and you you part ways and stuff, but obviously there's reasons why you lose rides. And maybe, you know, some of those rides, maybe I did lose them because I was a prick. And I feel like, you know, there was times where I definitely probably didn't um, treat things or respect things the right way. And, you know, you just grow in time with that stuff. And I feel like obviously – as the years gone on, I've matured and I feel like I've gotten better. And, you know, you just kind of just always, always learning, you know? Yeah. They always say that, that saying, you always learn something new every day or you learn something new every day. If you don't, you get chipped, right? Yeah. I feel like that's definitely true, especially with the racing deal. So. Oh, totally. I remember you helped me. You helped me. You were the only person. So I reached out to you back when I was, I my very first car that I drove was a was an SK modified, which was a terrible idea, anyways. But my dad <laughs> my dad was done racing, so we had his car, and I you know I had knew nothing. I did the Ken Bouchard driving school and and did okay with that. I turned like late model times, which you know that was my first ever race car that I've driven. So I remember you were you were the only one I, I reached out like face like MySpace messaged you. And mm-hmm. about a, like a restart, like how to restart, or even like, because I didn't even know how to do any of that. And and you like like I maybe reached out to a few other people, but you were the only person. You you know you 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 explained some stuff, and that's kind of like where we we first started talking, really. And I and I always really appreciate uh, just you know taking the time. You know it it it, it meant a lot, and it 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 still does. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. I mean sometimes people just probably just want to just write people off or I don't know, maybe they think in their mind, all right, I don't want to help this person because now, you know, I could be having to beat them, you know, weeks down the road. But I always feel like if somebody reached out to me, like, well, the first instant is, you know, you want to help somebody because if you're in that uh, road down, you know, that avenue down the road where something uh, comes across the line where you need something, then you want, the help back, you know, you know, yep. one, one hand washes the other type thing. So that was the first thing that I was thought. And the second thing was like, you know, I, 
you don't want to be, you know, like going out there and racing against somebody and, and there could be in the way or they could cause a caution or they could maybe if they start up front when they shouldn't, they could cause a wreck and you're involved in that. So totally, that was what I was kind of trying to look at it. You know, I remember young Sammy Raymond, which he's still, you know, a teenager at the time, but they, they asked if I would help him up at Loudon. And I remember my car owner, which I know he's friends, with, you know, the family and stuff, but he's like, you sure you want to do that? You sure you want to go out there and, and draft with him? And he's like, he could take a chance of, uh, you know, bump drafting you in the corner and wrecking you. And I'm like, no, it's like, he, that's the only way he's going to learn. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd rather teach him now because if you're getting the situation where you're in the race and you're around him, or even especially like a place like Loudon is a mm-hmm. drafting and, Right. You know, sometimes it helps to be having a drafting partner and stuff like that. It's kind of like, obviously, it's like our Daytona. Um, so you, you never know if the kid gets a knack of it right away and learns. You never know at the end of the race, he might be there to help you, you know. Or, so and yeah. I, I remember the first time going allowed. And I mean, real realistically, the first time for me in a modified tour car, well, second time, but really it was loud. I mean, when I got the opportunity to drive for the hillbillies for david hill and roger hill and sandra i went to thompson and then it was loud <laughs> oh wow okay so i remember like okay you ready we're going out for practice and i was like i didn't want to come out trailer i was in the in the trailer ready to puke like <laughs> this is like this is insane you know what was that like um, 2000 2007 yep yep it's 2007 wow. um so, and I got out there and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm 17th to practice. I'm out of the way. I'm not bothering anybody, you know, yep. not drafting with anybody. Learning. I'm, hold, I'm holding my own, you know, and Reggie Ruggiero comes over to me. I don't even think I even had to ever talk to him. He's like, hey, kid, you, you know, how you doing? You all right? I'm like, I think so, you know, and I mean, I, and, you know, and you got to remember that was the year that, you know, maybe I was being cocky at the time. That was the year, I want to say was that year the following year where I won nine or 10 races at Stafford, you know, finished second in national championship, mm-hmm. should have won the national championship. Um, you know, won five races in a row in the summer. So, you know, to me, I'm thinking I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. You're you know? rolling. Right. Right. So he, you know, and then Flumpy come over, Eddie Flumpy come over to me before the race and, and helped me out a real lot. Gave me a lot of advice. So cool. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't mind you and you know, you're, Obviously, have you're you're close to Troy Talman, and you you can ask him. He's used to call me all the time. Yep. You know, and obviously he's gotten older, and he's kind of gone down a different path. You know, he was with Keith for a few years, so obviously he leaned on Keith's shoulders, which obviously why wouldn't you? You know. Oh, totally. Um, but you know, he was another person that I tried to help when I could, and you know, I, I'll I'll talk to anybody if I have the time. I you know, I don't I don't mind helping out because, like I said, he's I was there once. I know growing up when I was trying to learn and stuff, I didn't really have a whole lot of people to talk to. I was maybe a little bit timid to talk to people. And, you know, once I, I was still running the late model. So I would kind of talk to Teddy a little bit when he was, you know, running the modified and stuff. And then it's kind of weird when I started racing to him, I never really asked him a whole lot for advice. I kind of just, I don't know, just learned about it on my own, I guess at that um, part of my, you know, part of my racing career, but, like I said, I've I'm always been a very outgoing, uh, as you know. I'm I love you know the whole, kind of really missed the whole fans this past year and the and the uh, the um, what do you want the pit parties and stuff like that because very outgoing. I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. I like to see people that you yep. only really see you know 
you only really get to interact is at the pit parties, you know, because you don't have a lot of the people's coming down to the pits after the races and stuff. So yeah, it's a bummer. Um, you know, and obviously I have kids, so I I'm good with kids, and I like to to meet kids and talk to kids and see what they want to do growing up and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm, you know, probably likable, but I'm sure you know there's people that don't like me too. So I mean, that's just a a part of anything. That's it's such as life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah, usually their problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. If they don't like you and they're talking about you, you know, you see it on social media from time to time. People are saying boo or, you know, I don't like that guy or whatever. Well, they took the time and effort to write that and say that. So, obviously, it, it's press and they're, yep. you know, that's a good press or bad press are talking about you. So Either way, they're, they're thinking obviously. about you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're thinking about you. They're obviously worried about you. So I learned that a long, long time ago. Chuck Doherty and Mike McLaughlin said, good press or bad press, if they're talking about you, they're that's, talking about you. Yeah, those, they're worried. Those guys have had both good – yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she Doherty back in the day. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Oh, so. No, that's that's good, man. Oh, I, I, I appreciate I, – I really – I've wanted to have you on before talking about like the old school stuff and, and you coming up. Cause obviously everyone, you know, I, I, you know, talking about the tour and all that right now that could, we could talk about that for hours and hours and just, you know, it's, that's, that's what you are right now. You know, I really, it was, it was cool. Just, just listening to you talk about all that other stuff. I like that. Oh no, the old, you know, the old stuff is, is where it's at. I mean, the old memories with the, like you said, that neon yellow, uh, late model, yeah. you know, was up at my grandmother's, you know, I had, bunch of young crew members that would come and work on the car and i you know i can re- just remember like leaving the i you know i was playing hockey so i'd go play hockey and i'd come back and you know the guys they knew what to do they knew what was going on at this point you know with the lists and stuff on what to nut and bolt what to do and i'd come back from hockey and they're up there out in the yard playing football catching so i'm like what are you guys doing <laughs> you know like they're like well you're off screwing around so why can't you screw around you know they're like, well, you're supposed to bleed the brakes. You're supposed to take the training out and check the clutch. And you're supposed to do this. It's all done. It's all done. And you're all set. Don't worry about it. Get ready to load it, you know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was just at that that time there, it was just a great bunch of young kids, you know? And we had, you know, Michael Bennett, Corey Bennett at the time. Um, grew up with their family, actually. Quick story that a lot of people probably don't realize is uh, Michael Bennett's mother her brother, so it was Michael and Corey Bennett's uncle at the time, was um, he was the, the driver of the car um, that he was driving my grandfather back from Lebanon Valley from the race. Um, and unfortunately, they fell asleep, or he oh. fell asleep driving, and, and they crashed on the highway. Um, but yeah, that was that's like um, kind of how we kind of like met, you know, wow. throughout the years. And, and we came, that's it's kind of weird that you think that you would uh, kind of like make a, uh, a bond or a relationship like that. Yeah. Wow. You know, kind of, you know, but it was like, you kind of taken a, a bad to a good instead of a good to a bad type situation. But, um, you know, unfortunately circumstances, he was, you know, he was young. He was like, kind of like, like a chauffeur for my, for my grandfather, which is oh. kind of cool. You know, he was only, I think 18 or 19 at the time. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so growing up, you know, I remember going to Loudoun with them, and we would camp at Loudoun, and, and um, you know, his parents, I mean, they're they're awesome. They're still to this day, they're great, 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 
great. The Bennett's are a great, great family, great, great racing family, great group of people. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they bought a little tag along camper when we got into our teenage years and we would stay up there. Um, so like I said, there was just a bunch of great memories of a bunch of great younger people. You know, Michael and Corey were working on the car with, with, with me and, uh, a buddy of mine, Joey Rudick, who lives out in Ellington, Stafford, uh, Summers area now that I still talk to from time to time. And, uh, the kid Pooter there that lives in Stafford, his brother actually works, uh, with the, with the ambulance crew at Stafford now. It's just, just a great bunch of young kids. You know, I had a couple of other younger kids from school that have kind of grown on and done their own things, but, um, you know, and, and, and if you talk to Michael, you, you know, he would say that that's kind of where, you know, he started. Obviously, his grandfather was racing at the time, racing late models when I was running dares and stuff and kind of, you know, retired and got out of it. But I did. I, it's funny. I, just... I kind of feel like I was, you know, kind of a, a big uh, a big help for him, you know, when he started getting involved in racing and, and moving up to the ladder. He said that I talked to him not too long ago and uh, he mentioned that too. Cause I did a little interview with him and he, uh, he mentioned he got started helping you out. And I was like, well, that's funny. Cause I'm going to be talking to Woody too soon. And that's, that's a big thing. You know, he learned, I'm sure he learned a lot there too. And uh, that's an interesting backstory too, with the whole, how the families came together. That's like you said, turning a, turning a bad into a good. And like you said, they're great, great families too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, like I said, we have some great, I mean, it's just, it's just even to think about it. I mean, we could get into a whole nother category of just how much racing has changed. You know, you listen to some of these podcasts. I mean, I think Stafford's doing an unbelievable job with these bottom oh, yeah. shop podcasts. Absolutely. Um, Erica, Erica had bought me some ear pods for Christmas. So now, you know, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but like <laughs> when people, when people are calling me at work, you know, and I'm, I'm picking up my phone. I'm driving a school bus, not with any, you know, uh, passengers or anything. <laughs> just I'm doing bus swaps and I'm on my phone and I'm thinking to myself, I probably, I mean, this is obviously against the law. I probably shouldn't be doing this. So I, she got the ear pods. So those things are awesome now. So yeah. when I get to the lot and I'm, you know, looking through buses or doing fluids or whatever, I'll, I'll just pop in those bottom shop podcasts and, um, you know, to hear some of the stories that those, the drivers, you know, saying, like, I listened to the Ben Dodges, uh, podcast yesterday, which was, I thought was really amazing to hear like him starting going to the racetrack and, you know, like his first ever job was like cooking and selling popcorn, <laughs> you know, like eight years old. It was like, that is just, great. Yeah. It's just really cool. And, and for, to listen to like, even like what Bugsy was saying about the racing then to now and stuff, oh, it's like, spot on. I can just, I, I can just even remember, you know, for me being, I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, I've started at 16, so I'm 41, so that's 26, 20, going on 27 years of racing already, and those years of going to, uh, to um, up to Loudon to just to camp out with the Bennetts is like uh, that place was mobbed. Like there was, you, you know, you could, you were lucky to even get a campsite, and there was people on top of each other. And, you know, people everywhere, and you had the ice guy there yelling, oh, ice, ice. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it was nuts. Oh, yeah. It was just the parties, <laughs> you know, the the um, the um Animal Hill and all that stuff. And, like, this is just, it's gone. All that stuff's gone. It it's is. Like, you you asked the ice guy. I remember asking the ice, that ice man guy yelling. I think I asked him about four years ago, you know, the difference. And he was like, I want to say he went from, in like a t eight or 10 year span, I don't remember the numbers, but it was something crazy. He went from like making like 
I don't know, eighty-five to ninety thousand dollars in in sales, um, and ice sales just in those two races, you know, on July and September to like down to like eighteen thousand. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And that's with everything. You could you saw you see it in the stands there for those races. Mm-hmm. It's just you crazy. see it in the stands. You see it in the uh, like I said, you see it out there in the campsites, like not being as packed and not as, uh, it just, it, it's kind of stinks. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. to see that, but it's, I don't know, just the way and that's kind of what I, f- I feel like I kind of have like a, a double, double edged sword for the, uh, the whole, like the social media and the, like, you know, showing the races on the TV type thing. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people like, all right, I just, I won't go to the races for one. I, you know, I don't want to spend the extra money to pay to get in, especially if I have a family, you know, I don't want to it could be you have a family of four, a family of five, you're up to whatever, you know, mm-hmm. 75, 80 to a hundred dollars just to get in. That's before if you buy, you know, adult beverages or food or whatever. So totally. I'll just watch it at home or I'll wait for updates on social media or you're so right. I feel like that's one thing. And then the other thing too, unfortunately, I hate to say, but the, the the next generation of people oh it's different know, it's not it's yeah uh, yeah you you can just see it is they they whatever happened to like the going outside to play basketball or ride your bike or no. throw a football or like even like go back to those syracuse days when we used to drive to syracuse when i was 11 12 13 years old sitting in a car like we were like looking at the license plates or counting cars or playing padiddle, you know, or yeah. oh, look, look at what state that like, like we weren't glued to our phones or we weren't glued to iPads or we weren't watching videos. No, if anything, you you know, had a, if you're lucky, you had a Walkman, if you're lucky. Yeah. 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 So it's like, and you see, it's like all these kids now, all they want to do is, you know, and I joke, like, I don't want people, I'm kind of a smart ass on Facebook. Huh? Nine times out of ten, it's all just a joke, just to be oh, you know funny or whatever. Absolutely, you know? I joke about that eye racing stuff, and oh, it's just people playing video video games, you know. And I, I know <laughs> I know people take it serious, and I know it's more than that, you know. But it's like these, like just it's it, it sucks because the the whole second second generation of drivers and and people growing up is you you don't see it, you don't see like the Keith Rocco's that work on their cars and, and, you know, and race and show up and, you know, you get more of these people like, like show up and just, you know, pay the bills and just show up and drive the cars, yeah. you know? And, and, um, and you don't see, uh, or you don't, you just don't see the people that want to race, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, yeah. but I mean, it, it, it's, it's still like, it, it's still on an upswing. It's just, I don't, it's going to be I, different. I, it's just going to be I different. Think, I don't think so much as the racing competitor wise, I'm thinking of it more in a fans aspect, you know, because if you look, I mean, the drivers that are coming up, you know, especially Stafford, they do, obviously they do an unbelievable job, but you know, like just listening to podcasts and just looking firsthand, like you got a guy like, you know, you know, from racing George Bissett, mm-hmm. like we, we call him the mad dog. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was a wild man. He's awesome. You know, he's correct. He used to run that pro stock at Thompson and, oh. Yo, awesome. mad dog. You know, you walk to the pits. Hey, mad dog. You know, and he give you that smirk. The best. You know, so now you see his kid racing, and it's like, all right. And I remember the first time talking to him. He's like, oh, you know, my kid's just starting. He's like, I remember that. The, yeah. <laughs> the dare stocks. He's like, this is awesome. This is like just a wicked, affordable way to get into it. You know, it's it's awesome. I'm at my track with my son. 
you know, and it's just like, like he loved that. Like he, it was a yeah. blast. And, and now like to see what he's doing, you know, and he's growing up and then, you know, a guy like Marcello Rafano, like, you know, his, his father's spot was sponsoring Keith, mm-hmm. you know, and then the kid started growing up and he started racing. Same thing. He started from dare stocks, you know, and then he jumped right to SK modified. And then like, look, this past year, he won a open 80 modified <laughs> race, like blew by the whole field, like at a you tough know, track. Then, at a very, yeah, yeah, it's not and an easy track. The other thing, too, that's really cool is the amount of girls that are racing in Stafford. Oh, absolutely. See. And they're all like, they're all like really good. There's none that are like, yeah, there's none that are like really like stick out that are bad. Like they, they're competitive, they mm-hmm. run good. That's like huge. Alexander I think it's Fern, great. She does an amazing job in the late model, you know, and the girls in the SK Lights are doing a good job. So it's just, like I said, I, I kind of guess I'm kind of was getting a little bit off of off of the whole second generation wave. I I just kind of meant that more in like a fan aspect of like going to the racetrack you oh, know, yeah, and support, supporting the races and um you know going in the stands or wanting to work on a crew. You know, obviously it's harder oh. nowadays to find crew members or find a spotter or any of that stuff like that is kind of what I meant. But the, as the racing aspect goes. It seems like you still see, you know, young, young and up and coming people. And like I said, Stafford, Stafford, you can, you, you can keep talking on and on and on about their, what they're doing. But obviously, you know, even with the Monday night deal with the go-karts down there, um, you know, and obviously Thompson with the little T, but you see where that's starting there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where Rafano started and Narducci and, um, you know, like Teddy Hodgkins and, uh, the Rory West, you know, the West and uh, what's the other kid there? And the Chapman kid, like the list goes on and on and on. So yeah. obviously I feel like racing in that aspect is, you know, still in, in a good spot, especially at Stafford. But um, just the whole, the wave of, uh, of seeing like, the, I guess the, the next wave or the next generation of, um, you know, fans and spectators is going to be something that we'll, we'll have to see how it shapes out <laughs> yeah because we're gonna want them there we need them there mm-hmm. absolutely they're, i mean they're the reason why we can do what we do that that's exactly that's everything mm-hmm. i i couldn't agree with you more no i i i like that all right well i'm i really appreciate you coming on man i want to yeah, talk well, more once uh once we uh once we get closer to race season, I want to bug you some more um, with updates and stuff. I know it's it's so early on now. I know I just want to get some. I want to get you know start talking to people in, in January. I was like, why not just start doing it and you know I don't know just getting. I want people to to learn more. That's all. Yeah, no, but it's also good too because it gets your mind back into it. Yes, you know? I mean this is like it was kind of funny. I went to the doctor today. I get a new primary care doctor in mass. I've had the same one in Connecticut for forever. And oh. it's like, I'm not driving this. If something happens, I'm not driving an hour and 10 minutes, you know? So, Smart. so I, you know, the, it wasn't the the doctor at the time. It was, you know, the assistant or whatever gets in there. Mm-hmm. You're asking you questions. And she says, you, you know, in the last week or so, have you, you know, been, been feeling down or depressed or anything like that? And I'm like, no, you know, like I've, I've been okay. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'd be lying to you if like, I don't, I'm not feeling de- like I, I don't feel depressed, you know, at times, like, I don't mean like I'm depressed, like every day, like I have a depression problem, but it's like, it's just 
the the part of the year like oh. in new england it's just it's 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 shitty it sucks you know you yep. you wake up in the morning and go to work it's dark it's cold it's raw it's dark you know so you go to work you get out and it's getting dark you know you're going home going to daycare pick up the kids 4 30 it's starting <laughs> it's dark. to get dark you know so yeah like i'm lucky enough to work outside you know so i get to see the day and whatever but still it's cold you know the winter it's always it's always raw it's cloudy yeah. it looks like you know, it looks like death, like every day. Tired. Just, yeah. You just tired. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You feel like crap, you know, it's just, so to be able, you know, and that's, and that's what we do. We're racers. We want to race, you know, like we, at the end of the year, we're like, oh, great. Like we get some time off, you know, like we get <laughs> to relax, we, you know, and then like three weeks down the road, it's like, all right, let's go racing again. November. Yeah. Let's do it again. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's nice to be able to, to, like you said, to, to just, to, to start talking about it again get it back in your ear yes you know it's um you know obviously you know speed weeks is coming up in a couple of weeks so that'll be cool you know everybody gets you know to, to get going the people that are going i'm sure they're they're pumped up to get out of the everything that's going on here obviously it, you look down in florida kind of looks a little bit more wide open than it is here and obviously the warmer weather and stuff so oh i know um i'll definitely be you know tuning into that and be watching it you know, be able to watch it on that NBC Sports Gold, which is awesome. Yes, yeah, and, absolutely, uh, that's great. You know, and then we'll we'll start getting into hopefully, you know, once everybody starts doing the vaccine and everything or vaccine, and hopefully all that works out well, and we'll be able to be starting to watch some NASCAR races and get back, you know, for us to get going. So I can't wait. I can't either, but like I said, I think it's good to to start this early, you know. I talked to Dan Thompson uh, a couple weeks ago, which was cool. I, I thought I was only going to be on the show for 20 minutes. I got on there at 9 and get off at 10 after 12. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> oh, my. It was nuts. We just we rattled off about everything. Yeah, dude. That's what it's all about. But, yeah, no. Like oh. uh, I said, you know, you, you can reach out to me anytime. I would, I'd love to be able to get in there, you know, one day. As, oh, totally. You know, everything gets settled. You know, obviously, I know you got a little girl. Kids and yeah, yeah, you haven't been really doing much of anything, you know. But when we can kind of get back to some normalcy, I would, I'd love to shoot down there and have a tea with you and do a show in there. Right on, that'd be that'd be outstanding. It'd be a lot more fun too. Not that this isn't fun, but it's way more fun when you have someone here. Right, right. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And um, all right. Well, I'll. Uh, I want to get Stan on the show too at some point. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We should have Stan and you come in. That'd be so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, when they when we did that Sid's view thing, he uh, they wouldn't let us both in there at the same time. It was funny. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> couple of married couples there. Absolutely, it was great. Oh my god! Well, take care of yourself, man, and uh, we'll definitely uh, be in touch. Okay. All right. Absolutely. All right. Thank Thank you again. No, and thank you. Same, same to you. Be safe, and we'll. Uh, We'll get through here. Yeah. Get through here soon. Hopefully. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. All right. All right, dude. Take care. Yeah, thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Woody Pickett. Always, always awesome. Uh, I couldn't wait to hear uh, all the old school stuff because we've talked a little bit before, me and him, about it, but I, I only go off my memory and trying to figure out what year this was and that was, and it's nice to have him kind of paint the, paint the picture a little better because... Uh, he's one that I always grew up watching and always thought it was always fun watching him, and I always enjoyed it. So uh, I uh, appreciate uh, you guys tuning in, 
and uh, on to the next episode.